Local voices, local conversations. You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com. We all know that in any organization, large or small, public or private, or even a sports team for that matter, sometimes one major change of personnel can have profound impacts on the whole organization. Sometimes this brings new energy and enthusiasm. Sometimes it changes the delicate balance of relationships. And sometimes in political bodies, it changes the prevailing political character. The Napa City Council now has a new member, Mary Loros, chosen just a couple of weeks ago, replaces Alfredo Pedroza on the council. And it's hard to believe with the appointment of Mary at age 32, the council decided to go with an older member. (laughs) Seriously, though, it is my pleasure to welcome Mary Loros here to NapaBroadcasting.com. Mary, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Little did you think you'd be the older member compared to your predecessor. (laughs) There you go. Talk a little bit about uh, your decision to pursue this, to throw your hat in the ring and to go into that group of originally 18 down to 16 to do this. Yeah, I think it was a big surprise for a lot of people. Um, I have a background in politics, and I've always been interested in elected office. I just kept putting it off. I kept thinking, well, you know, I'll wait till my business is a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. And then it was, well, I'll wait till after I have kids. And then I was sitting in the city council meeting where they were talking about the appointment process. And they were going, the council was going around and they were talking about, you know, if this was a great opportunity for someone to step in who might not otherwise. And I sat there and I thought, God, if I'm going to do this, this is the time to do this. Um, and I had a conversation with my husband and we, you know, kind of talked about our business and how this would impact our lives. And we decided just to go for it. So that's how I got here. Talk about it in the context of of you and your husband, you and Jason and the family. He made an effort to get on the planning commission not too long ago. I mean, you are committed to to public service in the community. We are. We both come from families that have made public service a priority. Um, Jason's parents are both very active in the community. My parents are both very active in their community. Um, So it's always been really important for us. We are involved in a lot of different organizations. Uh, Jason's in Rotary. I'm in Kiwanis. Um, we kind of have our, our little areas that we uh, spend our time in. And yeah, he's been trying to get on the planning commission for, um, I think this was his sixth time. So he's been, been knocking away at it. And uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he decides to continue down that path or maybe go down the county path. Um, I don't know. Now that you're on the council, has it in some way short-circuited that process for him? Uh, it's certainly changed it. Obviously, there's a, there's a conflict there. <laughs> right. um, but he's very excited to have me on the council and, and very supportive. Talk a little bit about in deciding to go after being on the council successfully, what was it that motivated you beyond public service in terms of your, your sense of Napa, your vision, your, your, your ideas that really that you felt set you apart from, from some of your competitors? Well, I think the the key really is being young. Um, you know, Alfredo, uh, Supervisor Pedroza, left very big shoes to fill, um, and I think one of the the key things that made him special was that he was young and outgoing and willing to work hard to prove himself. Um, you know, we have a big population of of young people in Napa. Um, actually, the majority of people in Napa are young, and that's not really reflected in government. And so, um, you know, I think that's been a, a really big motivator for me, being a young woman. And, um, you know, wanting to get other young women involved in government. How do we keep young people here? I've had this conversation with with many people here over the past several months, uh, particularly during the election campaign, the idea that so many young people 
that grow up here, and it, it's a great place to grow up, and they go to high school here, and they go off to college somewhere else around the country or even somewhere else in California, and a lot of them don't come back. During the recession, we had sort of a, a little wave, a little boomerang wave of mm -hmm. kids that came back, particularly in the wine business. But since then, it's, it's back to the same pattern of kids going away and not really wanting to come back here. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not from Napa, so I haven't had that experience. Um, when I was in San Francisco before I moved here, Napa seemed like a great place to live. And so I, you know, I, I don't understand why somebody wouldn't want to move there. Um, but I do know that it's difficult for younger people, and it's also difficult for single people, I've noticed, um, to live in Napa. So, you know, we have a community where we really cater to tourism. That's a big part of our revenue stream. And, you know, maybe young people don't feel like this is the best community for them to be living at when they're young. You know, yeah. it's difficult to have a family in Napa. Um, you know, there's not a lot of, of child care resources. That's a big complaint that I hear over and over again is there's just not enough daycare in Napa, especially if you have a child under two. Um, so, you know, I don't know that we make it easy for families here. Uh -huh. Talk a little bit about your background before you came to Napa. Uh, well, I grew up in a little town north of Sacramento called Rio Oso. Population 350, and I, uh, my family's been farming walnuts there for the past five generations. And I decided to go to college. I went to St. Mary's College, and I majored in politics, and I minored in religious studies. And I worked for a congressman in Washington, D.C. while I was there. And that really, that's really when the government bug hit me, uh, bit me. Um, and then after college, I, I went straight into law school. I went to Golden Gate University. I met my, my soon-to-be husband there. And as soon as the bar exam was over, I moved to Napa. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about coming on the council and replacing, as you say now, Supervisor Pedrosa, and, and there not being a Hispanic representative on the council at this point. That was an issue for a lot of people in, in the process that went on to replace Alfredo. Yeah, it is. It's a hot topic. Um, I actually just had a meeting with someone this morning was, who was asking me directly, how am I going to address that? Um, and the best that I can say is that I'm going to be present and listen to all of my constituents, um, but certainly the Latino population. I, I think I don't know why there's a disconnect there, but I hope that by being more involved in some of their events that I can show them that they are represented in government. It's interesting when I, I talked to Alfredo at one point here about this very subject and, and who he thought should replace him. This is before even all that the hats were in the ring. And his focus was that it should be somebody young. That mm -hmm. was the thing he emphasized more than anything else. Yeah. What do you think that disconnect is about the, between the Hispanic community and, and the rest of the community? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm only on week two, so maybe <laughs> maybe later but on I'll have that figured out. Not necessarily as a political disconnect, but, but as a social disconnect in the community, as somebody that, that's active in the community and sees what's going on and the divergent parts of it. You know, I, the best way that I can look at it is um, comparing it to the Jewish population in Napa. Um, I am not Jewish. My husband is Jewish, and I've gotten really involved in that, um, that, part, that demographic of, of our population. Um, you have to be invited in. You know, you have to be welcomed by that community. And you have to work hard and prove yourself and show that you are um, someone who's going to help that population. So, um, you know, maybe that's part of the disconnect is that I, I need to be kind of welcomed into that community, work hard for them and show them that, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help them and, and go from there. Talk a little bit about what the process was like for you 
getting on the council. As as you know, as as everybody knows, I had some fun with it in terms of all the people that were uh, vying yeah. for. What it. did you have me at? Forty to one. I think you went off at ten to one. Uh, at, eventually, on yeah, yeah. Yes, you had made progress all along. <laughs> But talk about what the process was like and uh, how you prepared for it. In a word, quick. I, uh, Like I said, I decided only, I don't know, a couple of days before the application process opened that I was going to put my hat in the ring. Um, so for me, it was a very quick process. Once I had decided that I wanted to do it, I had some key meetings with people who are supporters and to kind of feel out the crowd. I, you know, I knew that I was coming in late and I didn't necessarily want to do it if I didn't have a good shot. Um, so I worked on my application. I put a lot of thought into my application, had a lot of meetings. Uh, I met with all of the council members and the mayor and got a lot of positive feedback and kind of went from there. And then I also just I studied and prepared for the interview. Mm-hmm. I think that turned out to be a key part. And talk about the, the interview was indeed a key part because I think that and, and I watched the whole process. I was there for the morning part of it. That I, my sense was that while the members, the four members of the council that made this decision, had some thoughts, had some ideas, had some ways that they were leaning, that it was a pretty open process, that they were deeply influenced by what went on that day. Yeah, it felt very fair. Um, I, I appreciated that everyone had a chance to speak. Um, all of the applicants were given five minutes in the beginning to at least, um, you know, speak to what they were passionate about and what they want to do. I think one of the great things about this process is that it showed us that there's a lot of passion in Napa. There's a lot of people who want to help, um, and we have places for them. One of the things that you said, and I think you you made this statement three times in, in your interview, in your longer interview, in your half-hour interview, and, and I want to talk about it a little bit. And, and it was really about three different things. But you referenced the need to trust in the process. Mm-hmm. And as somebody that loathes process, I, I really <laughs> want to find out what you meant by that. I, well, yeah, the process, <laughs> the process is important. Um, I think sometimes people um, confuse what council members do, and they think that we just make decisions. And that's not, yes, we do, but that's not the biggest part of our job. The biggest part of our job is gathering information and listening to people. And that's what I mean by the process. The process is you don't just decide what you want based on your beliefs. You listen to everyone, you take it all into consideration, um, and you make sure that everyone feels heard. Do you feel that it's your job then to be simply representative of of the voices of the community? And then how do you know really who the voices are that are speaking Mm -hmm. up and whether they're representative of the larger population? Or really to bring your informed knowledge and your wisdom and your experience to making the decisions? Well, I think it's both. I think um, listening to to the citizens and going by representation is the biggest part of it. Um, you know, you listen to the voices that speak up and you try to find the voices that are being quiet and, and make sure that they feel heard. But you also have to trust in the planning documents, you know, the general plan and things like that, and make sure that we're all on the same page because it's important for us to have a vision as a group, and not just, you know, me voting the way I vote and Pete voting the way he votes and, you know, down the line. Um, I think it's important to to really focus on the vision of Napa as a whole. What is it that you think makes Napa unique as a place in terms of the issues it faces, the problems that it has, 
the things that make it a unique community? There's certainly things, you know, roads and streets and, and a lot of things that are the same in every community. What do you think of the things that are unique to Napa? I think a great example of how Napa's unique is the earthquake. Um, a 6.0 earthquake in any other community would have gone differently. Um, it would have been, there would have been looting, there would have been, um, you know, a different um, focus on the damage and, and how things were handled. Napa is the kind of community where we were able to just get back to work and focus on helping each other. And I don't know that you can say that in every um, every city. I don't know that the citizens are as helpful towards each other as Napa is. We are very much a community. Um, and the earthquake for us was a chance, an opportunity to show the world that we are capable of getting back on our feet quickly. Do you think that as Napa grows and the population will grow and we'll have new communities and Napa Pipe is certainly part of that, and, and they will be changes. And, and the tour, certainly the, the tourism industry grows. Do you think that there's the danger, the potential for any fundamental change to those things? And, and if so, how do we keep it true to, to those ideas that you're talking about? That's an excellent question. I think growth is the biggest issue that Napa faces and how do we grow smartly? And there's no there's no clear answer to that. You know, I think we do the best we can. We have an amazing um, government staff that work really hard. We have a great elected officials who work very hard. Um, and we have a community of people who um, aren't afraid to voice their thoughts and help us direct how growth goes and how it, how it works. Um, you know, I think we're going to have to really be careful about growth in the future and how we grow. Um, you know, we're, we're limited. We're not going to get any bigger in terms of, um, you know, geographic size. So we really have to be smart about how we grow. Talk about the things that concern you about that growth. What are the areas that you look towards that are sort of hot buttons for you? I think housing, you know, is we talk about growth and bringing in business and, and whatnot, and we just don't have the housing stock. We're not even close to having the housing stock that we need. Um, affordable housing is kind of a hot-button issue for me. I feel very passionately that we need to have more affordable housing. Uh, but beyond that, just housing in general. If you work in Napa and you have you know a, a minimum wage job, you can't live here. Uh, it's impossible. Um, is affordable housing, and certainly it is a subject that probably gets more lip service than almost any issue in, in the community. Is it realistic to, to really think of affordable housing as, as a big endeavor for the community? Certainly, it's something that we need to do and, and try and add to the stock as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But is it really something that, that there's really the ability to do that much about? Yes, absolutely. I think there are there are many ways that we can work on affordable housing. I think the problem is that we ha it's very uh, expensive to do affordable housing, first of all. Um, but we also have a, you know, not in my backyard mentality in a lot of neighborhoods where people just, they think affordable housing and they, they have a certain mindset of what that looks like and they just don't want it anywhere near them. When in reality, affordable housing is beautiful and clean and safe um, and a wonderful asset to have in any neighborhood. Um, I think if you're concerned about traffic, then you would want affordable housing because right now we have people that are commuting in and out of Napa to do these, you know, minimum wage jobs and because they can't afford to live here. Um, if we had a house for them or housing for them, then they'd be off the roads. Um, so it, it solves a lot of different problems. Of course, the traffic situation is one that, that will continue. I mean, we have 29,000 people coming in every day to work mm -hmm. here. That's a lot of people. We're never going to house a significant part portion of those. Right. 
And I, I would say traffic is probably one of the biggest issues Napa faces right now. Um, I think if you ask anybody, they have a, a comment about an intersection or a, a crosswalk or there's there's one stoplight that really bugs them. Uh, and I've been hearing that a lot in the last week and a half. Um, every every stoplight in town, I think, has been mentioned to me that it needs to be you know retimed and, and rethought out. Um, there are some some hot areas of traffic. Uh, you know, everybody talks about Bel Air Plaza and 29 and Trower and some of those areas. So yeah, traffic's always going to be an issue, and it's something that we're always going to have to work on. When you hear that, when it, when everybody has their pet peeve, mm-hmm. I mean, if they go to Bel Air a lot, or if they're at you know five corners over on the east side of town, yeah. everybody has their pet peeve. How do you how do you respond to that? Not not necessarily what you tell them, but how do you think about that as something that you can do something about, or is just something that yes, I understand that's your issue, but there's a whole bigger community to deal with. Right. And I, I actually think it's a great opportunity when people say, you know, this is what bothers me. There's no bicycle path on this street. That's a great opportunity for me then to go to the staff and say, hey, is this something that we're addressing? You know, what, what do we need to do to look at this? Um, and some of those issues, the five-way intersection, we're working on. Um, you know, the Bel Air Plaza, we're working on. We're, we do have things in the process. And a lot of it is just communicating that to people. Um, I, I recently just went on Facebook and, and asked my friends, you know, what right. three things could you do um, if you could do anything in Napa? And I got something like 50 responses of people. And, and most of it was, I want to see longer traffic lights and things like that. Um, but it's an opportunity for me then to go back to each one and say, here's what we're doing. Um, you know, and I don't know that we have the best communication for those those kinds of items. It's it's hard to be specific and let people know what we're doing. Right. As somebody that's lived in San Francisco and that's been around other parts of the Bay Area, you look at Napa and its traffic, it's really pretty mellow by comparison to some of these other places. How do you how do you make that point to people? Well, I mean, I, I don't know that I would make that point to people necessarily. I think if somebody has an issue with traffic, it's important to listen to what they're saying and, and make them feel heard. Um, it's not okay to say, no, you know, compared to everybody else, we're fine. I think that's kind of a lazy way of looking at government. Um, we are very lucky that we live in kind of a bubble in, in not just traffic, but a lot of different things. Um, we have a great community, but that's not a reason to ignore these issues. I mean, we have to keep working at all of them. What is, besides traffic and housing, what are some of the other issues that, that you want to look at, that you're concerned about, that you really want to focus on? For me, it's all about economic development and, you know, tourism and businesses. I, I own a small business and I am a business advisor. So I see a lot of those issues, um, you know, bringing in retail downtown, uh, renovating and redoing River Park and things like that as, as really important key things that we need to be focused on. How does government do that? In other words, there there's the private sector, there's mm-hmm. businesses that decide to come in or business people that take the initiative and try and start a business. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's bringing in existing businesses or even uh, formula businesses. How does government, in your view, go about encouraging that kind of economic development? I mean, we do everything we can to listen and to encourage business owners um, and individuals and families. But, um, you know, we have to work with developers and take what we have and, and try to come up with the best thing for Napa. Copia is an excellent example. People keep saying to me, oh, we should have this in Copia. We should have that. Well, that's not my job. <laughs> my job is to, um, you know, work with developers and see what they're presenting and go from there. Um, I don't get to pick what stores go in, but I do get to encourage, um, you know, certain people and, and try to do what we can to fill up some of those spaces. One of the things that you were involved in was this idea of trying to start a business incubator here at Napa. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I worked with a group of other uh 
community and business leaders to um, focus on a certain topic that came up. The county had done a, a, a project where they were looking at different things that they could do in the airport area, the airport industrial zone. And one of the things that came out of those conversations was the idea of having a business incubator. And we really looked at that area, specifically the JAL building um, was what we were looking at, about putting an incubator in there. And we... Um, received money from the city of Napa, the city of American Canyon, and the county to do a business development plan. Um, and we really focused on meeting with different shareholders, or stakeholders, excuse me, um, and talking about what Napa has and what we need, um, and whether or not, if we had an incubator, whether or not it would be successful, and what kind of businesses would we be incubating. Um, and what we got out of that was that there's a big need for commercial kitchen space in Napa, which we didn't know about. Um, and we also discovered that probably the best way to do an incubator would be to focus on food and wine technology um, and technology associated with with hospitality, um, which was surprising because we you know there's some people that really want tech in Napa, um, but it doesn't make sense is what we what we discovered. So it was a really interesting project. Unfortunately, um, we just didn't have the funding to continue it, and the JAL building was um, you know we're not able to use that. So without that space, it made it really difficult for us to get off the ground. Um, I think there's still the potential of continuing that project at some point. Um, I think we were a little bit ahead of our ahead of our time when we came in. Um, so hopefully in the future we can bring that back. I mean, that's part of the bigger conversation about economic development. Um, you know, we need to be thinking about um, how we're going to bring in new business and what kinds of business we need to bring in. How should the community begin to discuss that? Is this something the council needs to take up? How should this be discussed in the community, do you think? Well, I think it needs to involve everyone. Um, it needs to involve the Chamber of Commerce. It needs to involve the downtown merchants. It needs to involve the city and the county. Um, you know, everyone needs to kind of come together on this. And I'm not sure the best way to do that yet. Um, you know, well, it'll, it remains to see how that's going to work out. Um, but I think the potential is there, and I think the interest is there. Um, a lot of people have been talking about economic development in Napa and what that looks like, and I think we're having some important conversations. Talk about finally your own uh, personal challenges in all this. You're president of your service organization, or you were president, I, I guess. I was, yeah. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. You can't hear it on the radio, but yeah. Unfortunately, I did have to step down from um, being the president of the Kiwanis Club of Napa, which was really difficult. Uh, it's the largest service organization right. in Napa, and um, I just don't have time you to do everything. You mean you couldn't everything. do that, I have know, a baby, and be on the city council, and have a business to yeah. run? and be married, happily married. <laughs> All of those yeah. things. I think that's the part that I would, I would have a problem with if I tried to keep doing everything. Um, no, I, I had a conversation with um, some of the leaders in the club before I submitted my application, and I said, look, if I get this, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to step down. And luckily, we have some amazing leaders in that club who are willing to step up. So, Obviously, you were very happy that you were selected. Were you surprised? Yes. Definitely. Um, the competition was really impressive, and I knew that I had a good shot and that I could do it, um, but so could several other people who applied. So um, I was pleasantly surprised. And to what extent are you thinking about running for election in two years now? So I'm on week two, um, so I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, I do have That's to, for week three. Yeah, right, week <laughs> three, maybe next week. Um, I do have to start thinking about my campaign already for next year, which is mind-boggling to me. Just but around it's, the corner. It's just around the corner, so now I have to you know, think about putting together a campaign team to defend my seat. Um, so that's been interesting. That's really been a, a refresher in politics for me, um, you know, figuring all that out. Um, but beyond that, I don't know. 
We'll see. Mary Loros, the newest member of the Napa City Council, I thank you so much for coming in and spending some time with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.